Friday, ladies and gentlemen. This is episode number 117 of Shut Up and Grind with your host, yours truly, Robert B. Foster. So it's the end of a great week here in sunny Rhode Island. So today we're going to be talking about all kinds of good stuff. So if you are new to the show, excuse me, if you're new to the show, it's all about you, right? It's not about me. It's not about my guest. It's what we're going to share that can help you become a better you. So we're here to motivate you, to educate you, to entertain you, because I'm kind of funny, and I believe my guest is as well, and more importantly, to transform you. So hold on, let me get the live feed up here, because I always get going, and then I forget to get the live feed up. All right. So if you, again, if you're new to the show and you don't know who I am, please let me introduce myself. I started doing workshops and doing groups where I'm getting up in front of, front of others, like outside of the gym setting and talking about resilience and perseverance and goal setting and vision and taking action. You should know what one hour of your time is worth. You should know the value that you bring to the marketplace. You know what your passion is. starts with clarity of vision. If you don't have the clarity of vision, whatever next thing you get, you're not going to see it through because you don't have the clarity of vision. So the, the point of my pain was being told you will never run or jump again. And all that stuff, I was like, you know what? Like, I want to be able to take this even bigger. If you know why you do what you do, you have to know how to charge for what you do. That's how you're going to change your life, and that's how you're going to leave a legacy for your children and your family. you got to know your work. All right, so out of that whole intro, the very first label I gave myself was father. Because no matter what I accomplish on this earth and my time here, there's no more important job that I can do than to be the best possible example for my children. And doing this show is just another step in that goal is as we, we take people, my guests, and we go into the, their backstory to find out what messes they've had to overcome to get to where they are and to have the success that they have now. And as my kids come back and they watch this, they see failure is part of the process. It's okay. Being vulnerable is part of the process. It's okay. Being wrong is part of the process and it's okay. Right? So that's why I do this. It's not just so I can hear, hear myself speak. It's, it's not because I think I know everything. I don't. I just know enough about certain topics to where I can inspire people who may be stuck or afraid to make that leap. I can help nudge you toward that thing that you really want most. And the guests that I bring on, these are people, majority of them are far more successful than I am. It's just my job to get their story, to find out how they got to where they got like, what, what was that one thing that they wanted to do as a child that maybe they veered off course and now they're doing something somewhere in that realm of what they really wanted to do? Because that usually turns out to be the case. And where people think that they're doing something that's completely out of what they thought they wanted to do as a child and come to find out 
it all in, intertwines in together. So that's why I call myself the storytelling coach. Because I, I take people's stories, the parts of the story that you think may not be powerful is exactly the part that someone who's at the end of their rope needs to hear. And they need to hear it the way that only you can tell it. All right. So with that being said, who is my guest? She is a little lady living largely. She is a biz owner, a rock singer. We're going to talk about that one. She is a fan of fitness, a CBT buff, and a happy camper. She's the owner of Gadget Girl LLC, and she has a great smile and a great personality. Help me welcome Lee Robertson to the show. Thank welcome. you so much. Thank you. you it's doing? a pleasure to be here. Good. Thank you for taking the time to share, share with us. I'm sure there's other things you could be doing on, on a Friday morning, but you chose to be here, here with us and much appreciated. I appreciate it too. Thank you. My pleasure. See, so how, how we got connected is I was booking out into December or January and Lee reached out to me to say, um, if you have anything a little sooner, let, let me know. And I just wrote back, you know, I will do. And the second I hit send, I got a cancellation notice for today's guest. And so I was like, this conversation must meant to, to, to have to happen. So I got back to her. She freed up some time. And here we are. <laughs> so that's Meant awesome. to be. Yes, meant to be. All right. So where, where are you joining us from? I am in the southwest corner of Allen County, Indiana, um, yeah. just south of the second largest town in our state, Fort Wayne, Indiana. Okay, Fort Wayne. I'm actually going to be in Indiana in September. Oh. Yeah, I'm doing a Spartan race out there in Attica. Oh, cool. Yeah, so yeah, that's a thing I'm, thing I'm in, that's September 17th to the 20th, I want to say. But yeah, so I'm looking forward to that. All right, so the, the, the big question, the big question that I want to know, okay, give me 60 seconds or less. Who is Lee? Well, Lee wears many hats. Mm -hmm. um, I am a faithful woman who loves life. I'm a wife, a mom, a Gigi. Uh, I'm a rock and roll singer. I'm a business owner. And I think that uh, when we talk about telling stories, I really appreciate hearing others' stories. So it'll prove interesting today to get an opportunity to tell my own as nice. opposed to listening. Nice. All right. I love it. All right. So were you born and raised in Indiana? I was. Oh, nice. Yes. Nice. So are you still in your hometown? Uh, I live about, um, I would say about 45 minutes to an hour south of where I grew up, my parents still live in that house. Nice, awesome. Yeah, I'm. I'm about that. I'm about. I'm about forty minutes from where where my parents live. Well, I mean, my dad passed a couple of years ago, but mom, mom is still down there. So yeah, I miss it down there. All right. It's funny how just a, even that much distance though can be enough that you have to make a point to stop up there. You know, yeah, to go back. Yeah, it's amazing. It's all, it's not that far from here, but I don't make it up that way very often anymore. Yes. Yeah, that, I de definitely have to go go visit my mom this week. I haven't seen her in a couple of weeks, but just from shows and doing stuff, stuff with the kids. So. It just gets full. Life just yeah. gets full. <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> it's so true. All right. So how would you describe your upbringing? 
Well, I am the firstborn of 10 kids. Wow. <laughs> so well, first of 10. Let's say chaos. That, know, that's a whole show in itself. Absolutely. And with <laughs> that being said, that there are really brilliant, wonderful things that come from chaos. And then there are the things that we want to avoid. Yes. And so I definitely grew up realizing there are pieces of this puzzle that I can take with me, that I can choose to go in that path. And then there are lessons I can learn of what I do not want. Yes. And those are very powerful very, very powerful lesson is um, what you do not want. So I have an only child. (laughs) (laughs) So um, it is funny how we always have this idea of how we're going to do things differently from our parents, but we do a lot the same as well. But um, I did purposely want my family life to be a, a little different. Not that it was horrible, but I wanted something different for myself. And I think too, because I had so many professional aspirations that I wanted to be able to devote time and energy to uh, my vocations and still have a family life that was attended to. Yes. (laughs) Yes. So what was it like being the oldest? Because I'm the youngest of seven. Okay, so, so you know the large family dynamic. Yes, yeah, and, and I have five of my own. Okay, <laughs> so, wonderful. Yeah, so, so I, cool. de- I definitely know. There's a, a set of twins in there, right? Yes, yep. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah my, we don't my have youngest of twin boys. No kidding. But they're boom, 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 boom. Yeah. So we were all very close in age. And so, of course, there was a time when, as I'm sure you can attest being the younger, that there were times that your older siblings were put in charge of you. Yes. Yes, just a natural occurrence. And so I am a small person. Uh, I, when I say that, I just, I am a petite person. Yes. And all of my siblings outgrew me pretty quickly. <laughs> so I had to rule with an iron fist and some, a good set of lungs. And um, with that said, I really learned very early on how quickly a person's true nature and their personality evolves and how it can change a little bit throughout growing up. But when you revisit that person as an adult, you'll still see so many tendencies that were there when they were as little as three years old. Yeah, it's true. And so a very, a very powerful lesson of um, how to deal with people and understanding where they're coming from and how they process things uh, can really help when it comes to a clear communication and one that yes. can be received well. Because, of course, I've made mistakes in that area. As, yeah. as you mentioned, a lot of what we really learn from is when we fail to do it the way we intended for it to turn out. And so that learning quickly about communication styles. I didn't know that's what it was called. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, the disc profile was not a part of my dynamic at that time in my life, but understanding personalities and how to uh, work with them and allow for a peaceful resolution. And two, because it was just so much happening all the time, as quickly as we could 
get to that clear communication and yes. resolution and moving on with a common goal. Yeah, see, and you said you said the key words there that people receive information differently. See, so I'm actually a certified facilitator in True True Colors, which came just before DISC. So it's the same. It's the same for for main personality types. And the irony is, I dropped out of college three times because I didn't want to take psychology. Like I, I just had no desire whatsoever. And now everything I do is with mindset and the subconscious mind and everything else. So it's just just funny how things come come full circle like that. Yep. But yep. I tell people. You know, when people say like, oh, they don't listen, they don't listen, they don't listen. It's like you're not putting it in a way that they can receive it. You know, it's, it's like once you once you loop it around that way, it's like if you have to present something to someone the way they need it. And even in the gym with my clients, I talk to people differently. Like there are some people who need me to put my hand on their shoulder and be like, cut the shit. You know, it's like some people just need that. You know, there are other people where it's like, listen, I know you, I know you, you're doing what you can, but you're not giving me your all, you know, yeah. like they're going to receive that a different way. You know, there's other people that they want the process. It's like, listen, by doing this, by doing this, by doing this, that's going to help you get to this result. You know, so, and so, so I told all three people the exact same thing, just in three different ways. Exactly. Yeah. And so, exactly. so, so knowing, I learned, knowing that is key. I learned that very early in life. Yes. Just because of all the different personalities and being the one who was placed in charge of making sure everybody was doing what they were, you know, as close to what they were supposed to be doing at the time. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like my two oldest kids, they they dealt with that because when the twins were born, my oldest son was 10 and my daughter was seven. So they did they did a lot of help with us because then we had my, you know my my younger daughter she was two so so we had two infants and a two-year-old so it's like she wasn't a bad two she was just a busy two just uh-huh. you know you set her down and she's just all over the place you know like she was well well mannered but just busy 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 kid then with two infants so my older kids they definitely got got a crash course you know yep, which it's is just the way it works out we all learn yeah. our lessons in life in a in a particular order we yes. can't figure out the order that that's going to be. And, yeah. and as you mentioned too, with your psychology course, sometimes the things that we avoid the longest are yes. the ones that just keep coming <laughs> back around until we learn that lesson. It's so true. Of course, human nature is just key in fitness, in business. And, and so it, it just can't be ignored. Exactly. And again, I'm, I'm grateful that uh, a difficult role in childhood taught me that valuable lesson early in life because it's helped me with my relationships all throughout my life yes yeah that's awesome and you know back to, to that to the connection piece like growing up and part of being the youngest is and we were all athletes and so and we were all pretty good you know see see, see to, for the audience i can be humble Right, so, like, but it's like we were all pretty good, but just being the youngest, I was always so and so's little brother, mm-hmm. and I hated it. There's always a comparison. Oh, I absolutely hated it. It's like I just wanted to be me. I wanted to be Robert Foster, so I didn't want, want to be Monique's little brother or Ramona's little brother or Ralph's little brother. It drove me insane. But what that did was that made me work harder to to just become me, like a, to break out of their shadow and to be my own person. 
So it just gave me a different sense of what work ethic is. It's like, no matter what it is, it's like, I'm like no, I'm not Ralph's brother. Damn it, I'm Robert. <laughs> and, so, and it's like, I, it's like I had to let my action show it. You know, so like when I got my first headline in the newspaper, it like brought tears to my eyes. It's like, I'm finally me, you know, so breaking out of that, out of that shadow. But I took that into just everyday life, the way I played sports, you know, when um, I got into the workforce, I, I did whatever was necessary. Like, I didn't care what anyone else around me was doing. I did whatever needed to be done. And then I was able to climb the ladder pretty, pretty quickly. And I became a general manager at the age of 19, you know, and then like by the time I was 20, 22, you know, my friends are out partying and doing all this other stuff. And I'm writing profit and loss sheets and income statements. So like, so even though I left college, I was learning everything I needed to know to get me to where I am now, just at the time. I, I didn't think that because what are you told, told in school? If you don't go to college, you're going to end up flipping burgers. You know? I but, do think but that the large, the large family dynamic produces go-getters. Yeah, Just true. by nature. You, you get that sibling rivalry. Yeah, sibling yeah. rivalry is a thing. Oh, most definitely it is. <laughs> yep. most, and now certainly not that others wouldn't and couldn't be go-getters. Of course they yeah. can. But yeah. that dynamic of, like you say, just kind of a survival mode or, yes. you know, taking care <laughs> of oneself to the level that, you know, is, is peaceful yet necessary, yeah. that you do find your own groove and you crave yes. your own groove. Mm-hmm. And, and that's a good thing. Yes, absolutely. So, so besides, you know, having nine siblings, younger siblings, what would you say was the toughest thing you, that you had to overcome growing up? Well, I do think that that, that dynamic, which I just pointed out all the blessings of, because yeah. those are many. Yes. But it's also a, a very difficult role to take on. And my mother and I did not see eye to eye on a, a lot of things. Mm-hmm. So, again, when you are kind of naturally placed in a position in the family to be a right-hand person or a go-to in certain areas of, of daily round, getting things done, Mm-hmm. and not having a common goal or a clear understanding. Um, also, I think I fell into this trap of expectations. Mm-hmm. Because of expectations, um, I tried to fill those roles instead of really being myself. Now, I did come around and another challenge that came late later on but still early in my life was a, a divorce yeah that uh after the divorce is when i finally realized i have to be me yes and that is a priority in my life it's not being selfish it's just being alive. It's just being human. I can't spend the rest of my life pretending that I'm perfect at this particular role because in reality, that's not my thing. Yes. And it's okay to not have that be a, a, a priority for me. I'll stick with the things that I do find 
to be important to me. And I'll try to do those as well as I can possibly do them. And I do consider myself a, a, a self-improvement junkie <laughs> because one of the best and coolest truths about fitness, mental and physical, is the said principle, S-A-I-D, specific mm -hmm. adaptations to imposed demands. Mm. We get better with practice. What we submit our bodies and minds to on an ongoing basis, it is an innate truth that our bodies will adapt to be better equipped to do it. So true. I love yep. that aspect. And when you start to live your life based on that truth and you set up priorities that you are comfortable with, that some you're better at now, and so your level of improvement may be incremental. Yeah. And then there's an area that we really need to work on. And so you have to fall down a few times, but you got to get up and keep doing it again, impose that same demand yep. so that your body can become better equipped to perform it. Yes, I use a term in my gym called sufferability, right? So we'll have little contests in there. And of course, everyone wants to beat the beat the trainer. And there was this one guy, like he, he tries like, like holy hell to beat me. And so I pulled him aside this one day. I was like, listen, you know, it has nothing to do with strength. It has everything to do with the fact that I suffer better than you. I said, <laughs> so like, like if we're doing a wall set or even if we're doing battle ropes, like I can get deep into the red zone and just stay there, you know? So like, it's like, I can, I can stay here longer than you can. So I'll just wait till you stop. Then I'll stop, <laughs> you know? So, so like along that, that along those same lines, it's the same thing. Like you just illustrated with life. People, people get to a point to where they hit a roadblock and then they just stop. You know, it's like that roadblock does not have to stop your forward progress at all. So on this show, I say a lot about mountains. I said, so if, if you, you're going hiking and you come up to a steep mountain, you have to climb it. Like you can't make it lower. Like you can't make it flatter. Can't go you around have it to, really. Yeah. You have to increase your ability to get up there. Mm -hmm. You know, so step just like, step. like like you said, you increase the demand, you but your your body will will respond and your mind will respond. So it's like I love that you said that because I say that all the time. I, I didn't say it quite like that with with the said the said acronym, but I say it all the time, and so many people don't understand that. It's like you are here because that's all you ask of yourself. Mm -hmm. It's like if you ask of yourself here, maybe you'll get there. It's like, the, that's, that's how that works. That's so key too, because the I in that acronym is imposed. Yes. That means it needs to cramp your style. Yep. <laughs> it needs to be something that you struggle with a bit. Yes. It, yep. An imposed demand means that it's something that you have kind of put upon you, not necessarily that you chose it. Yes. Now, of course, you can choose your attitude. And the said principle is a big piece of my attitude, regardless of music, family life, business, fitness, any imposed demand 
the better I get at overcoming that, the better equipped my body is for the next time that imposition shows up again. Yes. So, so Joe, it's like try, trying to swim with a life vest on. You know, it's right. like you can do it, but it's hard. <laughs> you know, you take that vest off, you'll be able to swim. Right. You know, but too many times we, we hold on to the life vest. We hold on to the parachute. Like, I'll g- give you a quick example. I was doing a Tough Mudder race with a bunch of my clients in 2015 or 16, I want to say. And so we come up to this obstacle with monkey bars, right? They're shaped like this, like like an A-frame. So you go up and then you come down. And so we all had hydration packs on and people, everyone around us started taking off their hydration packs. And I walk up to the, mon- the monkey bar and right before I go, one of my clients is like, Rob, he's like, you didn't take off your pack. I said, I know, I don't plan on bowling. <laughs> you know, so so it's like, no, like if I happen to fall, whatever, but I'm not planning on it. Yeah. Like by you guys taking yours off, you're planning on falling and then your body's going to respond accordingly. So when you get up there and your hands start slipping, you're just going to give up. Whereas if I start slipping, I got all my stuff on me. No, this has to happen. And then you end up psychologically going into a, diff- a different space and then you end up completing the task. One of my favorite clients early on in my business and uh, one of my volunteer projects when I first launched my business, because there was a recession happening at the time that I launched my business, I'm sure we'll get into that as well, was with our local roller derby team. And when we talked a bit about my skating and so forth, now again, I have so many, I wear so many hats and had so many things going on. I was like, I will be happy to get involved with the organization, but I don't want to skate because I don't want to fall and hurt myself. Mm. And they said, oh, you're going to fall, but we'll <laughs> teach you how to fall. Yeah, <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> I love it. And that, of course, was a very valuable lesson as well. Now, I did not end up skating with the team, but I did sit on the advisory board for a number of years, our local roller derby team is a not-for-profit organization that raises money for local women's and children's charities. And so that was something that I really could get behind. But again, we need to know that we're going to trip up and even at times fall flat on our face. Yep. We have to continue to go for it though. And we get up and move on because no matter where you're going, there's a chance you could trip up and fall flat on your face. Mm-hmm. So you might as well go in the direction you really want to go and then pick yourself back up and know that you, that forward motion continuing to face that imposed demand yeah. is equipping your body and your mind and your business and your life for better performance the next time. Yes. Well, so when I'm working with people, I always say, do you know what courage means? And they're like, yeah, so it's like courage is a positive ad- adjective, right? It's a positive, it's a positive thing. And they're like, yeah. Said, so do you know do you know how you get courage? Yeah, from doing stuff you're scared of. Yeah. <laughs> it's like that, that's, how, that's how you build courage. So like it's it's okay to be afraid. It's okay. Yeah. Like people people ask me, but like you do all of your shows live? I'm like, yeah. Like, well, what if you ha- have a slip up? Then we have fun with it. You know, so there was one show I did right when I introduced the woman. You know, I did I did my 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 loud my loud intro, and right when I introduced her, her screen screws. Uh, her, her, I said screen froze. Yeah, screen froze. And so I was like, "That's a first. 
<laughs> so like after I laughed about it, I just went went on a little monologue till it, it, it reconnected. But it's like I'm, I'm not concerned about that. It's like things things happen. Things happen in life. You know, everything I do outside of, of here, it's not always perfect. So it's okay if we have a slip up or two on, on here. Not the end of the world. As long as our content is fire, no one's gonna worry about the fact that the screen froze for a second. Like it's and I'm I think concerned. too, people are really starting to value authenticity and yes. things being real. We know that editing exists, we know deep fakes are out there and that mm. we can make things look like something other than what they are. Yeah. But it's always more relatable if we can see it the way it really is. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. One of my kids asked me about dying, dying my gray hair. I was like, I'm going to be 47 in a couple of weeks. Like 47 year olds have gray hair. It's like, I'm yes. not, not going to hide it. It's like, it is what it is. Yeah. I kind of gave up with the hair, you know? So like I should, but, but I shave it off. It's not like I tried to make it something it's not. Yeah. Well, know? I'm kind of so. giving up on the hair today just because it's getting really humid here in Indiana today. And my hair's not mm. liking that. Yeah. Yeah. It's humid here, I'll here live. too. <laughs> all, right, all right so so let, let's tra- transition transition into when you became a businesswoman talk me talk me through that okay my business is called the gadget girl mm-hmm. and i became the gadget girl when i was a buyer of this medium my medium is promotional products and decorated apparel anything with a logo on it And when I worked for a business school, I discovered very quickly the effectiveness of a thoughtful gadget that fit into their lifestyle that you gifted to them. So, for example, if you had a neat classroom type of gift for a teacher, that teacher would call you back. If you interviewed a a young person who's considering college but not sure what to do yet and you um, gift them with something that's in their car every day, because this is not a decision that you make instantaneously. A college decision is one that's made over months and years. So I became the gadget girl as a buyer. And when I was ready to move on from... The, the position at the college, which I enjoyed very much and learned a number of things about. I happened to be having lunch with our promotional products person. Mm-hmm. And I said, I don't know what's next for me yet, but uh, I, I feel like I'll be moving on. And she said, come to work for me. Mm-hmm. You're doing for the school what I do for my clients. And it planted the seed um, about At that same time, I should also point out, I was looking at a fitness business on a side note. Yeah. I had become a certified personal trainer. I was teaching group classes. I absolutely loved it. And um, I wasn't, because I was really kind of seriously putting some energy into the fitness aspect and getting that off the ground, I wanted to get that going before I made it. A professional change. Yes. But our best laid plans, <laughs> it then turned out that a former colleague called me up and said, I would 
like to retire and I would really like for you to take over where I've left off. And that was the sign from the divine that I needed to move on this and that it was a logical direction because she had an account base of promotional products clients. Yeah. And so um, I did go to work there. And one thing that we'll get into in talking with your audience, I refused to sign a no compete agreement Mm. because I did sign a no compete agreement at the business college, which limited my choices when it came to moving on. Yep. And so I think people need to realize that a no compete agreement is a contract. Yeah. Between those two parties, both are supposed to come together offering something and both are supposed to walk away with something. Yeah. I think when you're talking about multi-level marketing companies, you need to realize that if you sign up to become a distributor, you're signing a contract. It's important for you to know what it is you're agreeing to and to realize that they can change that contract. So. Because of the fact that I had a no-compete agreement at the college and I went on into a different industry, I realized that what I was giving up would be an ownership of the relationship with that business client. Yes. I wasn't willing to do that. And so they hired me, understanding that. Well, then the company sold. It was Mm -hmm. June of 2008. When I took the position in December of 2008, when I was informed that the company had been sold. Wow. So they said they weren't going to change anything and, you know, business as usual, don't get upset or freak out or anything. But then about a year later, well, it didn't quite take a year. The new company really wanted me to sign the no compete agreement. Gotcha. Opens the door to the gadget girl. Yeah. Because in that time frame, 18 months, roughly, I had acquired 115 new clients. I didn't want to give up my relationship with them. And in that case, with a contract, what was I getting? What were they offering me? I wasn't getting anything. So in 2009, my friends are all like, don't you read newspapers? Do you realize that, I mean, the economy is tanking. This is the worst possible time for you to be. (laughs) But the writing was just on the wall. And again, I had followed divine intervention to get into this position. I was going to follow divine intervention to continue. And so I opened my doors January 1 of 2010. And it's been an uphill climb but I absolutely enjoy what I do for my clients because it's very tailored to the brand, the audience, the event, the circumstances under which the gadget will be received. But gadgets really work because people like giving gifts. They like receiving gifts Mm -hmm. and it creates a reciprocity. If you do something nice for me, it's just natural that I want to do something nice for you in return. So it helps business relationships develop and 
um, get communicated and appreciated, which we need to do in our society. So um, I was really kicking booty <laughs> and then the pandemic arrived. So that hit my business very hard as it did many businesses. And that's part of the reason that it hit my business so hard that if they're hurting, I'm hurting. Yep. You know, um, also a big mistake that occurs in business is minimizing or eliminating marketing budgets when it's time to cut costs. It's one of the first things to go and it really shouldn't be. Yeah. I'm like, which is the worst, which is the worst, but go ahead. And history <laughs> proves that I'm right about that. Yeah. But it, it, when it comes to a logical decision, I mean, if they're not having the trade shows, there's not a trade show budget. Get it. I get that. Yeah. <laughs> <But> there still <laughs> needs to be some marketing that occurs, that relationship building, or even just the fact we're still here and, and ready and able to serve you because so much had been shut down that even just a clear communication of we're still here and, and we can help you with what, what, what it is that we do. So I'm still putting one foot in front of the other and that imposed demand has made me stronger <laughs> that um, I can continue on in that mission and that that authenticity that we just talked about yeah. is a key component in effective marketing. Absolutely. Yeah. That subliminal communication that comes across, they get me. They know where I live. They understand how life is for me right now. Yeah. Communicates a lot. It really helps build relationships. Yeah, it's so so true to it. And the name, the name is catchy, you know, gadget girl. Like with mine, you know, shut shut up and grind. So like people like like I was saying earlier, like there are some people that just need to be told bluntly, you know, and that's my style. So like that name reflects my style. So when people come to me, it's like, you know, if you need, need to have your hand held and be spoon fed, I, I'm, there's people out there that do that. But that's just not me. It's like I take on people like once you're fed up with your circumstance, whether it's in business or in or in uh, fitness, like once you're fed up with where you are, then I'm the right person to help help you take that frustration and let's make a game plan. You know, mm -hmm. rather than people who are kind of not sure where they are, not sure what they want to do. I'm like, okay, we'll go get some clarity. And then when you're ready to structure it, I can help you structure it. You know, so that's very, very important. So things for me, I, I would need my stuff to reflect that personality. Yes. You know, so, so you're absolutely right that the brand personality has to show in your, your branding and your marketing. And the fact that it's something that's outside of the ordinary. I mean, I could have called my company Roberson Productions. Yeah. But no one would have asked what that is. <laughs> True. And <laughs> exactly. I, wear, I wear the Gadget Girl and I get asked several times a day, what's the Gadget Girl? Yeah. Because it's different. And so, again, shut up and grind. What does that mean? Gives you a chance to tell your story. Yeah. Yeah. I got a couple, couple of clients based on from I was on other podcasts. And people would, would just ask, like, what's what's that mean? And right. I tell them, tell them what I do. Like, oh, we need to connect out of here. And even with my gym, obviously my initials are RBF. But this is also a popular popular uh, acronym for a certain facial expression. So, oh. <laughs> right? And so, yeah, I hadn't thought of it, but I know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, so I hear it 
all the time. Oh, that's They're funny. like, Aubrey, yeah, like, is that resting beef face? <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> no, but, but it opens up a conversation. Yes. So, cause like I was going to change it at first just because I was like, oh, I don't want to be associated with that. But then once we started doing obstacle races, you know, so I have my, my team and we're all wearing these and, and people are talking, people are asking questions. I was like, maybe we'll leave this here because it's, it's, it's a conversation starter. Absolutely. And again, <laughs> you're, you're relating to something that they already know or yes. can relate to, or, you know, that sort <laughs> of thing. I'll tell you on the tennis court, um, I, I'm not an RBF person, as you can see, I'm, <laughs> I'm always grinning or, or whatever, looking at something. And, uh, on the tennis court, there's one woman who just can't stand it that when she's serving to me, I'm just cheesy. You know? <laughs> and the mistake she made was that she told me, yes, you know, true. So I'm That's always right. just so smiley because it, for her, it just, it, wigs her out like how can she be so happy right now mm -hmm. but again it really is genuine but uh, like i say i pour it on a little extra for her <laughs> under that set of circumstances because she let yeah. me know that it works for me yeah in sports you don't ever give up information like that oh yeah agreed <laughs> you know like playing basketball said, but like, oh my back kind of hurts look oh you mess up i'll post you up every single time yeah with that being said i have to say too i had an experience last night where uh a friend came up to me and she says, do you remember a singles match a couple of years ago? We were on this court right here. And she started to describe it. You were playing a girl with red hair who um, doesn't really play singles. And I said, maybe. And she said, well, that was me. And you were so nice and so cool about it. I'll never forget that. Uh -huh. And it made me relate to my very first tennis match when my opponent who creamed me was really <laughs> super nice about it. And it just dawned on me, oh, the most important thing is to just be a decent person. Yes. Just be a decent person, a good sport. And that's really all they're looking for. That's all. That's what matters the most. Yep. And it really set me up for a, a successful way to approach this sport because I didn't start playing tennis until I was in my 40s. Okay. And I wish I had started earlier, but uh, it is what it is. And I absolutely love it. And I want to have people who are willing and able to play on short notice or at my place or whatever, you know, and so that means having friendships and being a good sport. It doesn't mean that I'm not competitive and yeah. that I won't use something against you. To get you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but so I expect true. the same in return from my opponents, but we can still be decent people first and foremost. Yes. See, and, and that's what it boils down to because in my gym, I don't use contracts because I don't believe in, like if someone wants to leave, I let them leave. You know, it's like, I'm, I'm not going to make it harder for them because let's just say we have a good two years together and then something happens and they have to leave. And now we're going to fight over language and a contract. And then now you're going to end up leaving me with a bad taste in your mouth, yeah. you know, and then that will erase the good two years that, that we had. And then so now we go virtual and then people that had left are now coming back to take virtual classes because... I, I let them leave in a positive light. Right. So just, just like, like you said, you know, I know I'm in business, but my business is making people feel good. Right. So I'm, so I'm not going to do things that could potentially not make them feel good. Cause now, especially, I mean, 
in the world of business and in the world of fitness, your circumstances can change. Yes. Your goals could remain the same from one uh, season to the next, but how you'll get there and what you've learned along the way changes. Mm -hmm. We want that. That's evolution. Yep. So uh, I think too, like you say, leaving the doors open and being a decent person, caring more about the people than the profits, which I know sometimes that seems counterintuitive or it seems like a cliche that isn't really practiced. But when you truly put people first, it pays off. It just does. I always tell people that I'm working with, especially the, the, the younger generation, don't chase money. I said, chase the passion. Right. If you have something that fuels your soul, pour into that and and money money will find you. Yep. (laughs) It's very true. And again, that just sounds made up, (laughs) (laughs) but it isn't. Once you have the experience and let that work for you, you know, I I mentioned in my um, bio that you read earlier about CBT, which is cognitive behavioral therapy, essentially having little mantras that reset your brain into the truth that you know you can work with. Yes. So physically, I'll tell myself my body responds to my choices. Yes. And that'll reduce the number of M&Ms I eat. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, I, I mean, I'm, well, as I said earlier, I'm very straightforward with my clients. Very straightforward. So I had one of the women comes to me and she's like, Rob, this weekend was rough. I was like, Why? And she says, well, well, cause I had a, this one had a birthday party and then it was ladies night. I said, stop right there. So you're trying to tell me you, you did not make proper choices all weekend. And she's like, well, what was I supposed to do? I'm like, you have goals. I was like, you have goals. I said, you can have fun without eating yourself silly. Right. Like you, you can do that. Like, and you know, this, I say, I always say it's the people that make the party. It's not the food. You know, mm-hmm. the food is a nice accompaniment, but it's the people. Right. You know what I mean? So it's Most like, definitely. like if, if you just completely forget about your goals for that one weekend, don't come to me on Monday talking about how bad you feel because yep. you're not going to get an ounce of sympathy out of me. Not a that one. brings me right <laughs> back around to what I was going to say about my mental mantra Yeah, that I will realize, I'll just say out loud or certainly mentally, I'm so blessed to be in this position right now. So again, even when it comes to struggling with trying to squeeze a workout in or being able to make choices, when you look at the blessing, the fact that your healthy body, your healthy mind, your friendships, that's how you got here. Mm -hmm. It it wasn't the M&Ms that got you here. You can buy, you can buy those on your own. You don't need to go (laughs) to a party to, you know what I'm saying? You could stay home if it was all about calories. Yeah. So it's that framework that we use that allows us to continue to make choices and they might feel constrained, but the truth of the matter is they're very freeing choices. It's just making the decision. This is what I really want. I really want an opportunity to talk to this person who I haven't seen. And again, right now with so many of us having not seen each other face to face, Mm -hmm. um, spend the time with the person and get up early the next morning and go for a run or whatever it is that you like to do. Because I do think exercise also should be something that you enjoy to the extent that 
you will get up in the morning and do it first thing. Not that you have to, but that yeah. you enjoy it enough that you would. Yeah. Like I tell people, you know, it's very overstated. People always say, find, find your why, find your why, find your why. I say, what's the reason? Like, what's the reason? Like, it sounds like it's the same thing, but, but it's not. Cause like, like I could say, you know, high blood pressure run, runs in my family and heart disease run, runs in my family, you know, type two diabetes run, runs in my family. Those are all solid wise. I train the way I train because I'm an athlete. You know, so even at 47, I still, I run obstacle races. I compete in track and field. Uh, I'm in, um, on Sundays, I play softball followed by volleyball in, in the league. Like I'm very, very active and I have high standards for myself. So if I don't train the way I train, I'm going to lose my skills, you mm -hmm. know? So, so that's, that's the real reason why I train, you know? So, so, so many people, they'll, they'll name all the whys, but it's like, I know I should do this. I should do that but you're okay not doing it. Like that's, that's the issue is like, you're okay not doing it for me. If I don't do this, then when I get out on the basketball court with the 25 year olds, I'm not going to be able to keep up, you know, training the way I train, I can still hang, you know, I may not win every game, but I'm, I'm in it. It's a fight. <laughs> you know, like if somebody beats me, they're going to be covered in sweat. <laughs> you know, So, so that's, that's what it is for me. And same, same with you. It was like you you went and found something that you could put your hands on because you didn't want somebody else controlling the narrative. Right. You know what I mean? Because you easily could have done that. Yes. Right? You could have taken the easy way out. But no, that's not what you really wanted. And you had a reason for it. And you went and you did it. So hats off to you. Thank you. That's right. I mean, again, I, I um, it is being placed into a pretty simple set of terms today but it's something that decision is one i make over and over and over again but again my body responds to my choices and i'm very blessed to be here so when i work within that framework my choices become blessings you know what i'm saying you yeah. i choose based on what i really want and that i'm lucky to have yes. as a choice it's true because some it's people so can't yeah it's like, I tell, I tell people, even on your worst day, living here in this country, you, you can live in the worst part of an inner city. And there's someone in a third world country that would kill to be where you are. That's true. <laughs> it's know? very true. Yeah. There's someone right now about to take that last breath that would love to live your bad day. Yep. Someone who's in the hospital who can't make food choices. Yeah. Or is on a liquid diet. Yeah. You know, we can choose. Mm -hmm. That's a really lucky thing. Let's choose wisely. And yes. again, that doesn't mean that I won't eat M&Ms. I will every once in a while, you yeah. know, but it's just not worth it to overdo it. Exactly. Yeah. Like uh, I, my daughter wanted, wanted Chick-fil-A yet yesterday. And I was like, I was going to have a chicken Caesar salad, <laughs> but, but like, but she, she knows like she's in college now for kinesiology. So like she understands the balance. So like, all right, if, if we have that now, then we know we're going to eat clean for at least the next three three meals. Yeah, ba or put in an out. extra workout. Yeah, yeah. yeah like now that it's you... nice out, I ride my bike because I'll take her to work and I'll bring my I'll bring my uh, my bike. So, like where she works is five miles from my gym. So like she'll actually come to the gym. Like she'll take the bus to the gym to take my car to work, and then I'll leave my bike and then I'll ride my bike. 
to go back and get and get my car back. So like I'm putting in anywhere from 15 to 20 miles a day on wow. top of my minimum standard for steps is 20,000. So it's like I get a lot of activity. Yeah, that's fantastic. And and there's a practicality to it as well. Yes. Yeah. And so as I was saying too, I, I want to keep my body strong because people always say, you know, you know, as you get older, that's that's what happens. It's like, yeah, my, my recovery is different. It's like I can play hard in that basketball game. I might have to sit the second game out and then, then I'll play the third game. So that, but as far as strength wise, I'm stronger now than I was 20 years ago. Oh, yes. You know I, I mean? love that too. I'm 53. Yeah. And I love that I'm getting better and stronger. And again, I understand the science behind it. I know why. Yes. And um, there's a 55 and over league. Mm -hmm. And I'm like a kid in middle league. I can't wait until I can <laughs> play because then I'll be a young pup. <laughs> <laughs> so true. <laughs> so but true. again, you cannot tell just by looking at an individual of their what their tennis game might be like. You cannot judge a book by its cover because some of these players don't move nearly as quickly or as much as I do, but they can place the ball yes. and are very strong players. Their game is different from mine, yeah, but it's still very competitive. And so there are fun things that I'm still continuing to work on as far, you know, slices and things along that yep. line that I've yet to perfect, <laughs> but because the part of the job, the, the game, part of the, the job, but part yeah, of the game nice. that I love the most is running down the ball and yeah. getting to it and jumping back into position. I mean, to <laughs> me, that's fun. Yeah. Um, to some people that's craziness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's like me, me with, with hiking, like for, for me, the steeper, the mountain, the better. And like when I go with my clients, that like they know we're gonna offer it at some some point. Like we like I'll just find. I'm like I want to go there. I'm like come on guys, let's go. And, and they all follow me. And then they're all like, why do we blindly follow him? <laughs> 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 so like to your point too. So I know you said you just you, you started playing tennis when you were 40, and with basketball, I was playing that since grade school, but. In my prime, I was an above-the-rim player because I had almost a 45-inch vertical, and I'm just under six foot two. So I did a lot above the rim. Now that I'm older, I mean, if I warm up well, I can still throw throw it down, but it's not like at will as it was before. But I find myself now I'm more analytical with with the game. Like I was at the court, I was playing with a 35-year-old, a 31-year-old, and an 18-year-old, and so I just watched watch their movements i watch their habits and then you know they see the gray hair and you know like the, i have a big scar on my knee from uh from a knee surgery and they just assume that you know all oh, this old guys come into play and i play back first you know just kind of moving feeling them out and then boom i turn it on and they're like holy crap <laughs> you know? it's like how old are you <laughs> yeah i do love that because a lot of sports competition is mental mm -hmm. a lot of it um uh, especially you know your more individual sports but team sports of course as well yeah. um and uh, having the common goals is is so key but that continually striving to be better personally and learning from others but then also just being entertained yeah. by the human nature that exists in ourselves yeah. and in our opponents and our teammates again it all boils down to people and yes. just being a decent 
person. Um, it doesn't mean that you wouldn't be competitive. Uh, you know, mm. it just means that you notice things and you care about the people first and foremost. Yeah. And from there, everything else falls into place. Yeah. Yeah. Like that 35 year old, he was so triggered. Like, like I, I, I beat them all pretty handily in the first game. But as I said, I was fresh, you know, so second game, second game, I, I lost by by a little. But like I said, the second game, you know, I need to breathe again. And then third game, it, it actually it came down to, to the wire like he had a chance to close it out and he missed it. And then I, I hit the last shot right over him, too, and I called it, too. I was like, game, right? And it went in, and he was just so triggered. He, he started getting all mad. He's like, you couldn't see me in my prime. I'm like, you couldn't see me now. <laughs> I'm like, like, you talking about in somebody's prime? I just beat you at 46. <laughs> you know, but, like, I didn't I didn't stoop to, to like, you know, the insults and, st- and, and stuff with him. I, I was like, you don't know what my background is, man. Right. <laughs> like, and again, like, too. Like, take the loss and move on. Right. Because you've gained some maturity there. Again, yes. that specific adaptation that's come in your game is yes. that you wouldn't allow him to get into your head exactly he did allow you to get into his head oh i was all in his head space (laughs) and we know that in sports competition that that is a a key component and that takes practice yes it just takes practice and again i've noticed um definitely on the tennis court that the more memorable matches have been whether i win or lose on the court yeah if i surprised them if i made them have to ditch that mental junk that they had in their own mind and have to rethink it you can Mm. see that playing out on the court you can see the wheels turn oh yeah (laughs) and that's a win for me even if I don't walk off the court with the better scorecard. Yeah. If it's true. I know that I surprised them, that I changed something mentally or in the case with the person who had only played singles once and she was just glad I was nice about everything, you know? Yeah. And it, it really, yeah, it just boils down to our own, attitude i do pray you're right i'm gonna i'm gonna say something i didn't think i would share i pray (laughs) every time i go on the court god give me skill safety and sportsmanship that's really Mm, all i care about you know the rest of it i know will fall into place but if i walk on the court that way and i walk off the court that way it was a damn good match See, and that translates over into everyday life. Because, like, I tell people when, when they say, they always ask me, oh, are you a personal trainer? I said, no, I'm a, like, I'm a personal development coach that uses fitness. You know, like, that's that's how I introduce myself. And I'll give, give an example. Just today, one of my gals, like, uh, fr- Fridays we do obstacle training. So, like, I have gymnastics rings in uh, in the gym, and we have a bell at the end. So she gets up there and I can see, I can see it in her face. And so I walk over, I'm like, Chels, what, what are you afraid of? And she's like, I don't know. So then you have no, then you have no reason to fear. It's like, if, if you're afraid, you have to be afraid of something. So what are you and afraid of? you better of? name it. 
Yeah, I'm like, are you afraid of falling? Are you just afraid of being, being suspended in the air? Like, we have to know what the fear is so we can conquer it. And she's like, I really don't know. I'm like, then let go of the damn ring. <laughs> you know, I said, leap off the box, get as close as you can to the second ring and let go. Yeah. I said, that's the hardest ring to get to is the second one. If yeah. you can get to the second one, you can ring the bell. Yep. Either you know, your fears will go away or you can name them. Yes, <laughs> exactly. It's like too, important pieces. Too, yes. And too many times it's like, we don't know what we're afraid of. Like I help people curb the fear of, of public speaking. I'm like, all right, so what about it are you afraid of? I, I, I don't know. It just, I just get butterflies in my stomach or I, I feel like, feel like I'm on a puke. I'm like, why? Like, what is the outcome that, that you're fearing? You're afraid of being laughed at? Are you afraid of getting up there and freezing? You know, you're afraid that the people aren't going to pay attention to you. It's like, we need to know what it is so I can show you how to circumnavigate it. Mm-hmm. You know, because just too many times, like, we're not clear on why we're scared. So once she did that, then she was able to do it again and again and again. As I see, I told you, you had no reason to fear. Right. It's like, you got up there and you defeated yourself. Mm-hmm. I was like, like, that's on you. I said, and I train you guys to be better than that. Yep. And like you said, that's a huge growth uh, lesson that can be applied everywhere. Everywhere. Yes. Yes. See, and that's why I say I, I'm a personal development coach because I take everything that I put them through and I tie it in, into life. Like, um, I know we're coming up on time here, but one of my guys, he, he had lost his son. I believe his son was nine, I want to say, when he passed. Um, and and we were doing, I call it a throwdown. Like on the Monday ho- holidays, we put together, I put together a 90 minute just ass kicking circuit. And so I saw him up against the wall with his, with his head down, you know, on his arm. I go over, I'm like, what, what's going on, man? And he's like, I just miss him, you know, and he's got te- tears in his eyes. And so I put my arm around him. I was like, listen, I said, I've never had to lose a child. So I'm not going to try to tell you how you should or shouldn't feel. I said, but he, he can see you. I said, he's looking down at you right now. I said, do you think he wants to see his dad emotional up against the wall? He's like, no. I said, he wants to see his dad kicking ass. I said, so do right by him. Come off of this wall and crush this circuit. And he's like, you know, he's like, you're absolutely right. You know, then he gets in, he finishes. And then at the end of the class, he comes up to me. He's like, thank you for that. He's like, that's, he's like, that's exactly what I needed to hear. He's like, like, I never looked at it. Like he can see me, you know, like, Mm -hmm. and that, that's how I deal with, you know, my dad's passing. I had a very, very good relationship with, with my dad. And when he passed, it's like, I kind of, I took it in stride. It's okay. He's just gone in body. I'm like, everything he taught me. I still have it. Like he made a lot of, a lot of the things in, in my gym, like a lot of them. So like I have constant re- reminders. I have an obituary in my room. I have an obituary on the dashboard in my car. So that I have constant reminders that he's here. So when we gathered for the funeral, every, like I was one of the last ones to uh, get there. And, and like, I, I, I just heard, you know, people were texting me, like everyone's concerned about how, how you're going to be when you get here. And I'm like, like, I'm going to be fine when I get there. Like, he's he's transitioned. Like, we like we weren't blindsided. So, it's like, we were, there were three generations of us around him when he took his last breath. So, like, I had time to mentally prepare because we we knew it was coming, you know? So, I was I was okay. Like, I, I was at peace with it, knowing that he lived to be almost 80. You know, he's in, 
he was an engineer. Like he loved to work with his hands. And so the, the last thing he did before he went to the hospital was he and my son, my son's a mechanic, they fixed my mom's car. So it's like, he always said when we were growing up that once he couldn't build anymore, that was going to be his time to go. And so he went just the way he wanted to. Yeah. And th- this happened right before COVID. So like it was as it, it, it was perfect. Like we, we couldn't have asked for a better ending for him. So I'm able to talk about it and not break down, you know, like, do I miss him? Of course I do. Yes. But I make sure I keep his memory alive by honoring all the things that he taught me. And again, there's such a blessing in that. That's where my mental mantra of I am blessed to be here right now really materialized when I lost a woman. She was just such a wonderful friend. She had leukemia. She fought it for mm-hmm. six years. So again, even though we knew it was coming, it's still very difficult. I understand yeah. that it's it's just very, very difficult. Yeah. But when I materialized in my mind how lucky I was to have had her influence, her friendship, her lessons in my life and the opportunity to live my days based on what she gave me. I am so blessed to to be here. She owned a salon in her home, a a hair styling and uh, I think that's about, I think it was basically just hair that she did there. Um, I know she pierced some ears and so forth, but anyway, she had a business in her home and it was all about the people. Yeah. It was, so I really um, learned that from her in a business aspect as well, because what I do is a service. We can go online and buy gadgets. Yeah. (laughs) But when you work with me and we understand the mission, we understand the human nature of the audience. We understand that we want this to be a real connection. So it can't be too gimmicky unless it calls for a fun gimmick (laughs) because we can't have more fun marketing today than ever before in my career. Uh, Life really is just more uh, fun loving than (laughs) it, it. Business had to be so serious and professional before. Yeah. That's really loosened up. Yeah, you can just watch YouTube ads or Facebook ads. A lot of times it's people in costumes and all this fancy editing and props and stuff. But it's all about capturing people's attention now. Yeah. And then <laughs> having an authentic message once you've got yes. their attention. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's like with mine, you know, are there other people out there that that help people with the with the fear of public speaking and telling their stories. Yeah, there really are. And I, I had a storyteller on my show, maybe at the, I think it was last last week or the week before. And the way I broke it down for her, how I do it, she's like, wow. <laughs> she's like, I help people do this. And I've never heard it broken down the way you just broke it down. You know, it's about getting really really to the heart of the story. It could be some, something so simple. Like one of the first stories I ever told once I started speaking was about an apple bob contest when I was in second grade. And, and you would think like, where is that power in an apple bob contest? But I turned it into a whole, like a quick, quick five minute story about not letting somebody else label you. You know, I took that story and I attached the meaning to it. Just like with this show, it's, it's like, yeah, you know, we want to promote you. We want to pr- promote what you do, but we want to find out about you. 
Yes. You know, because there's so much stuff that you said that can empower and inspire other people. Just like saying, I'm blessed to be here. Right. That's, prob- that's probably the most powerful thing either one of us said in this last hour. And <laughs> just you know, just too, be blessed to be here. And we're blessed to have that clientele, that specific clientele. Uh, yes. Could they use someone else for gadgets? Yeah, I don't want all the business that yeah. there is. I couldn't handle it. Nobody yeah. could. It has to exactly. be shared. And so I'm very blessed to be working with the clientele that I have found, have found me, and that are working together turns out to be a good thing. That's what I want. I don't want everybody and their brother as my clientele. I want the ones that I can actually help and relate to and help them relate to their clientele as well. That's the stuff. Yep. Just like like I, I said, too, like, I don't want people unless they're fed up. It's like you have to be done. Yeah. You know, Those are your like people. if you are done, if you are ready to lose the weight, like I like I don't uh, you're gonna do your food journal, you're gonna get your steps, you're gonna you're gonna drink drink your water, you're gonna train three to five days a week. You know, first two weeks, you're gonna tread lightly. On that 21st day, I cut the umbilical cord. Like that's how I operate here. It's like mm-hmm. you got two weeks to acclimate to our training style. It's like if you can do that, you can join. If and again, not, it's okay. You got to find somewhere else. If you try it now and it doesn't work, but you can come back yeah. and try it then, but it's going to be the same program. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So I, I tell people too, I tell, it doesn't matter where you train because no matter where you train, you're going to have to move. You're going to have to eat better. You're going to have to drink more water. Like yep. that's not going to change anywhere you go, but Remind maybe me. Pilates is better for you. Maybe boxing is better for you. Maybe CrossFit's be- better for you. You know, yoga, like you got to find out what style is right for you and what coach is right for you. Yep. Cause like pe- people just say, Oh, I just, you know, they call me, what are your prices? I'm like, uh, who am I talking to? <laughs> it's like, I don't even know who you are. I don't right. know if I'm able to help you. Like what, what is your goal? What are you trying to accomplish here? It's like, like we, we need to have a conversation. You haven't even tried any of my classes. Yeah. So h- how, how can you put a value on? I, I can tell you anything right, right now. And you'll say, I can find cheaper. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> in know? my world, how much are pens? Mm. Well, how many, how many do you think you need? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what kind of pen do you like? I don't know. Mm. How could I possibly let you know? I will tell you, you probably don't want the world's cheapest pen. Yeah, okay? exactly. That's not the answer. Yeah, but end up like answer. this one right here that doesn't work. That you're cussing. <laughs> yeah. Because again, that subliminal communication, the person who gave me this pen that I don't like, you know, but it, it really, it's, it's communication. And like you say, the proper motivation, and it's okay for us to understand that people will have to meet us there when they're ready yes and how blessed we are to be here to help Mm -hmm. them yep so so many of my clients have have left and they always come back they always come back and and i tell them i was like and you're not coming back because i create these super diverse workouts i probably have about maybe 20 exercises that i just repackage them you know because like most of my clients are moms like 35 and over so it's like, I just train them to move well. Mm-hmm. So we do th- we do things that can translate. Like if you have to go go to Lowe's and get a 50-pound bag of sand, I don't want to see you with a shopping cart, right? I'm training you to pick that baby up 
and carry it to the, to the register. It's like that kind of, if something goes under your couch, get in that deadlift position, pick that couch up, send your kid in there to get it. You know, so like that's the stuff I'm training them for. So like, like I said, everything that I do in that facility translates to everyday life. And not every gym is like that. Like right. you, you walk into some gyms and you just feel like you're a dollar sign. Like that, that, that's it. Like they just want you to join. It's like, you didn't ask me what my goals are. You, you didn't get, you didn't get any information out of me. You just showed me around and now you want me to sign a contract for 180 bucks a month without getting any information from me. I'm mm-hmm. like, that's, that's not a place I want to work with. It's like, I don't even talk money till people come in. I spend about a good half an hour with them just going over their, their goals and finding out if they're really ready to get going. And then I give them a week of classes for free. I said, so if it's not for you, just vanish. Like, I'm not going to try to convince you to train here. I said, but if, if you last a week, there's like a 95% join rate if they mm-hmm. last the entire week. So it's like I said, if it's not for you, just go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like I'm not gonna be calling you and sending you emails and texting you. Like I'm not gonna chase you. Like if, if you're ready, let let's let's get it on. If you're not ready, goodbye. Right. You know. Right. Very right. Give, relationship. Give us a final based. word here. I said, give us a final word here. A final word. Yeah. Well, we're going into the weekend. And so I would say, look around and realize just how blessed you are to be there. My weekend list includes cleaning this house because this has been a week where we've just kind of pitched something on the dining room table. We pitched something on the back of the couch. Mm. So much needs straightened up around here. (laughs) But I will enjoy my home. I'll be glad that it's done. I'll be grateful for the skill set and the opportunity to do it. And I'll look forward to Monday. Love it. I absolutely love that. Everything about it. Great way to end. So, Lee, thank you very much again for taking thank the you. time. And um, yeah, this is a great conversation. Thank you. I enjoyed it too. Good. Glad we crossed paths. And I'm sure we will cross paths again. Wonderful. All right. Take care. You too. All right. Bye. Bye-bye. Right. If you're tuning in late, make sure you go back and watch everything. Watch uh, the whole episode. So I'm looking for the, the outro here. All right. So the theme of this one, if you're tuning in, it's, it's gratitude. Like it's gratitude. Just be thankful for what, what you have. Work for things that you want that you don't have. Have the courage. Told you, you can't build courage without facing fear. And without facing that fear, you're going to stay exactly where you are. That's right. And so just remember, everybody goes through obstacles. And as I end almost every show saying, again, when you get to that mountain, you can't change the grade of the mountain, but you can make yourself stronger to climb it. All right. So remember that and have yourselves a great day. I'll be back on Monday. Monday's the debate show. What are we talking about Monday? We're talking about transgender men in sports. All right. So that should be a pretty... Pretty uh, solid topic. <laughs> All right, so that's Monday at 11. All right, you guys enjoy your weekend.